Hey everyone, and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts. I am Peter, that is Matt, and we talk about movies on this show. Uh, new movies, specifically, and this one is going to be about The Mummy, which is the new reboot. The start of the Dark Universe, which is the shared Universal Monsterverse, that they're, they're wanting to start with this one. Uh, we'll start spoiler-free, as we always do. The film is directed by Alex Kurtzman, which is your first warning sign. And, uh, you know, he finally followed through on his threat he was going to direct. We kept seeing stuff, mm. you know, and I think I can't see it. him and, and his partner, uh, Orsi, Orsi, Orky, yeah. Orsi uh, I think. Yeah. confused because one of them did that Chris Pine movie with Elizabeth Banks that I can't remember the title of because it was that memorable. Oh, yeah, but, I can't remember that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but, you know, it wasn't memorable either. Yeah. So, but yeah, fi- finally. Uh, I was I was on the lookout for magic uh, blood slash formula that will bring someone back to life. Uh, uh, obviously, yeah. we can't really talk about if there was or not until spoilers. But you you'll mm-hmm. more, more on that later if if that yeah. popped up. Uh, but yeah, so this is uh, this is the first movie. I, I mean, I was kind of in a weird place getting into this one because I I thought the trailers were kind of mediocre. Like, I, I didn't think the movie looked bad yeah. necessarily, but I just never felt anything from them. It was just kind of like oh, it looks kind of. It was lacking identity. Yeah, when I got all excited over it, um, you were kind of like, I don't get what what's to be excited over. Like, it looks like a movie, hmm. you know. Well, um, that, that was kind of the thing, though, is, like, the idea of a shared monster universe, of, mm-hmm. like, the universal monsters, your Dracula, Frankenstein, yeah. all, all that. That sounds like a great idea to me. My my thing was, though, it's okay. We've, we've done the Indiana Jones thing. We've done the adventure movie with yep. Brendan Fraser. Me, me and Connor did the influx on that uh, a couple of weeks ago, so you can go and check out that. Yep. Uh, but that's a fun movie, and I feel like, all right, well, what is this new one? Is, is this one going to be that again? Because it felt like, it does feel like there's definitely a lot of action in it from the trailers, you know, before we've seen it. Yeah. Um, But it doesn't feel quite like that. Is it? And I, I, I always thought, well, Go smaller. Go, go. I mean, I'm not saying do full-on horror movies, but make it a bit more intimate, as opposed that, to going for the, the tentpole thing. Yeah. So I got big horror vibes from that first trailer that involved the plane and uh, Tom Cruise just kind of dazing off into nothing, you know. Hmm. Uh, but just because it's monster doesn't mean it's horror. Like that was a thing that this one definitely made me question because. There are some horror elements, but it's not, I wouldn't consider it a horror movie. No, it's not. And I, I think that, and admittedly, it is open to like different ideas, because obviously the 99 version is a very different take on it. Yeah. Uh, but you feel like this movie wanted to take more from that than it did the actual original sort of idea of, of the, the creepy yeah, mummy. Which, yeah, which is bandaged zombie, basically. Like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Which I, I've never seen the Boris Karloff mummy, and I need to track it down. Um, because that's what I thought this was going to be more beholden to, like that old kind of slow kind of, you know. Oh, I wish it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, this is the, more on that later, Well, because we're, we're going to disagree for the first time in a long while. Oh, yes, this is going to be yes. a war this episode. Oh. That's not, not a war, because I'm not, it's not a hill to die on, but <laughs> I, I have some stuff why I liked it more than you did. But, but, you know, I thought, again, based on that trailer, we were going to get more horror elements and it was going to be kind of a slower, like, curse of the mummy and bad things start happening to Tom Cruise and and, and it's not that at all. It is an action movie. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, 
obviously the the review embargo lifted and the reviews started yeah. coming out. It, it went straight to like thirty percent rotten. I think actually, uh, I, I have not checked it since then. But Connor said yesterday it was down to seventeen. It was because uh, I asked I, <laughs> my wife, "Hey, you want to go see the new movie?" She's like, "Yeah, maybe not." I go, "Yeah, but you know, it's meant to be good." And uh, <laughs> we get there, and I'm I'm. You know, I tag myself on the Facebook, and one of my friends like, oh, I heard it sitting low on Rotten Tomatoes, and I, I go on Facebook, forgetting I had tagged my wife, that I go, yeah, I didn't tell her it was at 17%, and she reads Facebook and goes, wait, it's at 17%? <laughs> I was like, oh, surprise! So, you know, adventures movie going with Matt. Yeah, so so I, I was very kind of not knowing what to feel, and then those reviews hit, and then I just, it, it turned from not knowing to just apathy. Like, oh, I wasn't, like, dreading Almost that. a dread. Yeah. I remember you saying you're going to the theater, you're like, I'm waking up early. This better not match the reviews. Oh, oh yeah, I was pissed in the morning because I was really <laughs> tired. I didn't get a lot of sleep, and I dragged myself out of bed. Now, usually if I'm excited about a movie, you know, if I'm getting up in the morning yeah. for, I don't know, a new Nolan movie or... It's Dunkirk, I was just going to say. Yeah, like, Dunkirk. If I, yeah, if I need to get up after, like, three hours of sleep for Dunkirk, I'm going to be peppy. I'm going to, oh, I don't care. I'm like, so they, spring out of bed with a... Hop in a step. Yeah, the, the, the sun will be shining. You'll hear the cock a doodle do outside the window, and I'll be, you know, singing my way to the bathroom to brush my teeth. Like the whole thing. Like, I'll, but when it's a movie that you don't really, you're not excited for, it's just like, oh god, this better not be terrible. Um, now that's not to say that I went in with a bad mood and was, you know, no, had I, like I, a. I fully get it because I would do that with with midnight movies like. I would, you know, in the summer, I work earlier hours than I normally do. So, mm. you know, if I'm going to a midnight movie, it better be damn good for me sacrificing my sleep and, yeah. and going to work on, on two, three hours of sleep. You know, so like Dark Knight Rises, I got an hour of sleep in between the time the movie ended <laughs> in between me starting work, you know, and I was fine. Like I came into work all like, oh, my God, that was great. Um yeah, the, the the excitement, the adrenaline of, yeah, of the, the good movie you can carry. Yeah, um, and so to get to the movie, clearly, given what I've said already, I didn't like it. Uh, yeah. Almost not entirely. I don't think it's a complete and utter turd. I do think yeah. it's it's extremely mediocre and gets some vital things just completely wrong. Because um, I didn't hate it from the start. The, the, the first like twenty minutes or so. It wasn't good, but it wasn't like nothing about it's, it was offensively bad by any means. It was just kind of going through the motions. Yeah, it feels like a B movie that stars Tom Cruise, which seemed to be two opposing things. Because he does like like him or hate him, he's got a magnetism of like the star. Honestly, quality to him. that's the thing though. I think that's what one of the big problems of the movie is. I, yeah. I think I think casting a Tom Cruise in this was a bad idea. Because, I, and I agree there because. When I see Tom Cruise, all I can think of is a Tom Cruise movie, and then I watch this, and there are parts of the movie that are trying to be like a horror movie, but then there's Tom Cruise on a plane, and he's doing an action Tom Cruise-y bit, and it just, it feels like they clash, they don't feel like they fit together at all, it's really yeah. distracting. And and I feel like something like in Edge of Tomorrow, Doug Liman played that up, and because mm. you're just watching him get killed over and over and over again, like, the first 20 minutes of that movie, he dies like 20 times. Mm. And you get you get used to it, and it's not a typical Tom Cruise movie. But felt that here, Kurtzman couldn't rein him in, and so there's a lot of stuff like that that plays out through his character. There's character's kind of a dirtbag from the start. You know, he's not this. You know, he's working for the the military, but he's doing stuff on the side. 
Yeah, you know they, they, they try and set up right, right from the start. They set up oh, he's kind of the the roguish character, and you think oh they're going a bit more like the nineties one at the start because he's 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 got with yeah. Jake Johnson. They're they're having dialogue back and forth that's kind of funny, and they're, they're making their witty lines. Um, and it, can, it almost actually puts you in the wrong place. It kind of sets you yeah. up for a different movie. It kind of goes in a completely different direction after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the humor was a big problem for me actually. The rest of the movie, once the movie got going and it was really going for this darker tone, it was almost like a, a Zack Snyder like lighting style for the rest of the movie, yeah. uh, with the way it was been lit and stuff. And any time they actually tried to put in like a funny bit, it actually just it, it made me kind of cringe and roll my eyes because it, it just felt so out of place with everything else that was going on. Yeah, and it would it would lure you into that sense where you're like, oh, here comes a bad joke. So there were a couple of those jokes that did land for me, which I, we'll talk in the spoiler section. Um, but not with the rest of the audience. So I don't know if that's just me, you no. know. Like, uh, and here's, here's the thing. Like, so the ninety nine mummy, because we, we and Connor spoke about it recently on In Flux. Yeah. We like the plot in that. You know, watching it again, the plot in that isn't that good. The plot's whatever. Yeah. The reason why that movie works is because the characters are likable and they have mm-hmm. chemistry, interact with each other, and you like watching them. I yeah. couldn't name you a single character in this movie outside of Dr. Jekyll because he's Dr. Jekyll and he's a character that I've known all my life. Yeah. Which that was surprising. I didn't know that was Jekyll going in. And I don't oh, really? think that spoils anything. Hmm. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> I stayed away from stuff on this one just because, you know, I, I was anticipating it. I love that 99 Mummy movie. Like it's, hmm. I'm a huge Indiana Jones fan, so that's right in my wheelhouse. Um, so here I want to know the less the better. So I just knew Russell Crowe's character was supposed to be the Nick Fury that's going to tie these movies together. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. He'll just be that government-y professor type guy. Yeah. Um, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's not a spoiler because it was caught. It was knowledge. Like, you, you, more, gotcha. A lot of people didn't know that before going in. Like, it was, okay. it, was it was publicly proclaimed that he was going to be playing Jekyll. Um, okay. But he... Yeah, he's Jekyll. I couldn't name any other characters. And... Honestly, the female lead, um, played by Annabelle Wallace, she is... Mm-hmm. I don't know if she's a bad actress, per se, but her character has absolutely nothing she, to her. Her defining character is the girl, even though she's meant to be the, you know... She's almost the Indiana Jones in this. Like, she's, she's the one that knows everything. Yeah, she's supposed yeah. to be, but she doesn't come off that way. But, and yeah, even, she's the damsel. Even, and that's kind of problematic. Even worse than that, though, she has zero chemistry with Cruz. Like, zero. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't feel it at all. The, the movie has this thing where it starts them off. It, it, and you know what? It's going for the Indiana Jones. It's going for Raiders of the Lost Ark at the start of the movie. Yeah. When they introduce her, they already know each other, and, they already, and she already hates him. They're going for that kind of relationship. And, you know, later on in the movie, when the music swells up, like, I'm supposed to care that one of them is worried about the other one or whatever. Yeah. I just rolled my eyes. I, like, I don't care about these characters. I don't care about what they're going through. I don't I don't yeah. think they like each other that much or have any chemistry. It's... Yeah, that, that's my main problem was, was her character uh, because of all the stuff that you just said. And she's just kind of nothing. Like, I didn't... Like, if something were to happen to her, I wasn't really caring because I just really wanted to focus on... Tom Cruise in in the curse of the mummy and what you know the stuff that was making him do because I thought that was really interesting and then she pops back up and you know her stuff with Dr. Jekyll's kind of not there either like well that's the thing you, you talked about how Jekyll's this maybe the Nick, Nick Fury who's going to tie this world together and seeds in different things for other movies and honestly I felt like that felt very forceful because when, when they go back to his base uh, at one point in the movie 
and they go through like a storage room of all these different things, and it's basically the Easter egg room. Here's all the Easter mm-hmm. eggs for all the other movies you might see later. Um, and that I'm just not gonna ca- lie, I-, I popped at one of them. Well, sure. we'll talk about what they are. Uh, yeah. the spoilers, but I-, I I just felt like that was super forced. It felt like it felt like they'd even made like his character being the head of this organization who like tracks mm-hmm. all this stuff. It just it felt like this forced thing to make it easy to do the uh, the shared universe, as opposed to naturally trying to just sort of you know. Think of a creative way to bring them all together that ties I... them together. So they basically make this shield. This is this is a supernatural yeah. shield for this world, and that, that's kind of kind of thing. And uh, it just all of it felt kind of forced. And the weird thing about it as well is, is I thought that once we got to that point in the movie, it kind of took away the spotlight from the actual plot in a weird way. The mummy, yeah, yeah it makes the mummy secondary. It does, and I, 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 I think that was a huge mistake. It feels like it actually interferes and like takes away from what the movie's actually supposed to be about to set up some shared universe stuff, which is not the way to do it. It really isn't. Um, which is yeah, it's like the. I almost you almost feel like they decided to make it an expanded universe late in the stage, you know. But I don't know how you would fix that if because even if you remove the the what were they? That's like the paradigm prodigium. Prodigium, that's the word. The name of the organization. If you mm. remove that, there's a whole big chunk missing from the movie. So yeah, no, see, I, I, I don't know where I don't think how to it, fix it. I don't think it was added late. I just think it's a terrible script. I think I just think whoever wrote it didn't know how to do it. And it, it feels I that way. I believe it was the people that wrote Amazing Spider-Man 2. So, what, you mean Artsy and Kurtzman? Uh, one of the other guys. Let me pull it right, up. Because it was Artsy and Kurtzman who wrote Amazing Spider-Man 2. Gotcha. Um, well, then it makes complete sense. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, Actually, no. It's uh, Chris McQuarrie, which that should be no surprise because him and him and Cruz are bros. Uh, but David Kep, who I expect more out of. I don't know. David uh, Kep's kind of. He, he's kind of. He's almost. Like, he's the Joe Johnson of writing. He's like sort of yeah. completely fine, but nothing special. But. He did. He did Crystal Skull, I believe, because he he tore apart mm. the Darabont uh, script. That would have been cool. Yeah, but, Dar- yeah, I'm pretty sure the Darabont script would have made it for a better movie. But hey ho. Um, but no, so yeah, I think it's a mixed so, bag. I think I think there's one. I or, just want to go ahead. I'm just gonna say there's one or two kind of good horror visuals. There's one or two moments where the mummy's kind of like the movements are kind of cool, but yeah. that's about it. The actual plot. Um, didn't do much for me. The characters, which would have been fine if the characters were good, but the characters are completely non-entities. Um, I don't care about any of them. And people who think Tom Cruise can save anything, no, he can't. <laughs> he really can't well, in this. We don't know this. I just we got a trailer for his new movie, American Made, mm. and that that felt like the same kind of thing. Like this would have been a cool movie, but why is Tom Cruise in it? Like that should have been someone else, like Chris Pratt. Like I know we like to put him in everything, but I feel like. Chris Pratt could have played this roguish kind of him bouncing off of Jake maybe, Johnson. Yeah, maybe, but I, honestly, I think the script's just not there. I, I don't. I mean, I think Tom Cruise is a problem because he's distracting. But I, I think it doesn't matter who you put in that role or any of these roles. I think this movie was dead on arrival. See, that, that's where I disagree because I like the story of it. I like the the B moviness to it. And well, hold on, hold on. Yeah. It, it, are yeah. we talking about this, the story concept here? Or are you talking about how it's actually executed? Because the script is terrible. The- yeah, just how the, not how it's executed because that's yeah. that's a big problem. The actual story and how even throwing in the prodigium and whatnot, I was I was down for that. I'm down for whatever's next because I know that you know we're moving on. I think it's Brighter Frankenstein's next, 
so we're not going to have to deal with Tom Cruise unless, you know, he shows up in the cameo role. Hmm. So, we'll <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's – I like the story and I like some of the places it went. But there are turns in there that drove me nuts. But, again, I'm more forgiving of it than I think you are because – I like the pulpiness of it. I like the kind of that it's kind of bad in a summer blockbuster. I, I, I could forgive a lot of things if, I, if I'm if i into the characters. And the yeah. problem is, though, is they're one of the worst parts of the movie. And it just makes the whole thing kind of... The design of the mummy is probably the best thing about it. Yeah. Design of the mummy... Well, she's great, too. She's that. She's almost like a weird version of Zoe Saldana, where Zoe Saldana is playing these aliens and... She's painting her skin different colors. Sophia Butella is just playing these, you know, like she was Jayla in Star Trek Beyond. She was Gazelle in in Kingsman. Like she plays these really weird lethal women. And here in The Mummy, it's like that times 10. And so I, I definitely liked her throughout. Yeah, they, they, they neutered her heavily at some point in the movie, but she, she yeah. the way she moved, her performance is pretty good, yeah. typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's definitely the best thing about it. Um, Alright, I think we'll get some spoilers in, because I, I yeah. want to talk about some uh, things. So, full spoilers from this point on for The Mummy. Um, actually, this isn't really a spoiler to start off with, but I just wanted to mention the Dark Universe logo at the start. Uh, which I think was... I think it's been, I mean, I like the idea of having like a little extra logo that comes after the Universe mm-hmm. one. Especially since it goes back around the other side of the planet, and you know, yeah. has the it's like the dark side of the planet, as it says, dark universe. See, nice idea. I would like for it to have been an eclipse, like the logo uh, comes in and eclipse the the Universal Earth logo. That would have been super cool. Um, I like the idea of it. That said, though, it's hard not to look at it and go, "That feels a bit presumptuous." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's no King Arthur with its eight sequels, you know, like. I don't know. Uh, I mean, we've got three or four movies planned. I mean, it's yeah. yeah. Three or four is not as much as eight beat. Uh, you know, like, it was uh, six to be fair. Uh, okay, I like making fun of that King Arthur uh, franchise plan, but it was six to be fair. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I like that logo. I like that it, they're trying to make it feel like its own thing. Although that's kind of what works with Marvel is they weren't trying that hard at the beginning. Like they're just like, hey, this is Iron Man. If it works, we got stuff down the line, and I don't think this is its Iron Man. Nah. Well, this, definitely... this, is, this is the thing. All, all these universes keep trying to like start themselves, and Sony's desperate to get these Spider-Man universe things off the ground with Venom and Black Cat and whatever else mm-hmm. they're doing. Um, and they, they seem to all be kind of missing why they worked or why why mm-hmm. Marvels worked. Funnily enough, I think the uh, the the monster one, the you know the Godzilla King Kong. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that's that's perfectly set up a shared thing. But I, I think those movies both focused enough on their own thing that they didn't feel shoehorned into a universe. So therefore, I'm more excited because I like both the movies enough that I want I want a new yeah. Godzilla movie. I want Kong v's Godzilla, sure. Um, which is probably is the I mean, it's maybe the last you know, like yeah, you, know, you don't have this mad scientist at the center of it going, "This is how it all connects," and it's all intricately woven. Sure, it doesn't feel like that, which is maybe part of the fun of a shared universe, but. Doing it that way means that each movie on its own can I, stand, stand its, itself. Yeah, and I agree on that. Having a, like You just nailed it. Having a mad scientist at the center trying to make things work, that's the main problem. You need, you know, you need it to work organically off by itself yeah. for it to fully feel cohesive. You don't need someone going, well, this works because of this, and here's where it ties in. Like Kong, 
the way that it tied into Godzilla, I thought, was perfect because it wasn't all about no, tying there, it together. There was a brief mention, you know, a brief reference to something in the plot of, of an organization, and then there's a post-credit scene that you know ties it yeah. in a bit heavier. But the movie yeah. itself is just the, the movie itself. It, it doesn't rely on these things. Whereas yeah. this movie, it, it stops in the middle for about 30 minutes, and it's all this, oh, this is all shared universe stuff. Enjoy this. Here's Jekyll, and he's, he's, he's Room of Horrors, and you know, see, we walk, we walk in that room, and, and I just kind of roll my eyes because I feel like, oh, they, they want to do the teases. And as much as I like the, I, I like some teases. I think there's actually a good tease. Yeah. There's, a, there's a good reference later on. But they walk into yeah. that room, and he's like, oh, there's a, a Dracula skull in a in a case, and there's a Frankenstein uh-huh. creation's head, and there's a Black Lagoon hand, and it was just like, oh, I get yeah. it, right? You can have references, like you're giving me too much. <laughs> this is too much in one go. See, I I like that. I well. I didn't see the Frankenstein monster head. I only saw the creature uh, webbed hand I mean, and then the I, vampire I skull. I don't know if it's the monster, but there was a skull that had like a, like a line around there and it was like it was... Oh, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't okay, super in cool. your face, but it was there. Because uh, gotcha. I like the Black Lagoon hand and I thought, oh, just leave it at that because that one's really yeah. fun. And we don't have a Lagoon movie planned yet, so that could just be a nice little no. Easter egg. But no, then, they do. Do they? Yeah, yeah they have one planned. It's third right. in the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh shit! I didn't even so, know that. Well, why? Why wasn't there someone from that in the picture then? With the others, yeah. they, they gave it that dark universe picture with the cat. You know, it had uh, Avier Bardem and it had Johnny Depp for Invisible Man and whatnot. I, I just I know it's in scripting right now. Um, so right. is 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 there a Dracula planned at all? I feel like they've not even talked about I, Dracula. See, that's where I feel like we heard Dracula and told was meant to be the the kickoff. It wasn't really. And that That was the one where they decided that uh, two minutes before it came out, oh, this is the start yeah. of our universe. Uh, okay. Okay. Because so, you, you can almost tie it back in with the, 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 the skull and, you know, found in Romania or whatever, but I'm glad that they're not because yeah. that means I don't have to watch that movie now. Whereas the one <laughs> reference that actually put a smell in my face is uh, later on in the library, uh, woman lead character, because that's all she deserves as a title. Uh, much like Tom Cruise only deserves man lead character as a title because he has barely a character uh, she, she hits uh, someone with a book and then when the book falls to the ground you see it's the book of the dead from the uh, from the mummy the 99 yeah. one and that was a because cool yeah. r- the thing is though is nothing in this movie actually says that that couldn't have happened in the 30s no so yeah because like, yeah, okay. we know this is a world where magic exists and she's a different kind of mummy because um, you get her origin which I think too that that we get it too many times. We, we get it too many right. times. I, th- I think just teasing it throughout the movie would have been better, especially yeah. since I think the the opening actually mirrored the ninety nine movie too much because yeah, it started with this this flashback where you get her backstory and how she she was going to be the heir, she was going to be the new pharaoh, uh-huh. but then the pharaoh had a son and she went you know nuts and sacrificed it and the pharaoh and whatever yeah. and. It gives you this prologue flashback, and it, okay, it feels a bit too similar to the other one, but I get why you're doing it. But what drove me nuts is the title comes up saying The Mummy, and it cuts to a statue, and then the statue yeah. gets shot, and I'm like, that's exactly how the last, that's how the name of it started. You had the flashback, yeah. you had it come up saying The Mummy, and it went to the Anubis statue, and then the gunfire started. It starts the yeah. exact same way, it's weird. <laughs> you, want, you want to separate yourself from the previous yeah. version. I agree that there. That was just, but- that was just I did like her origin and how, you know, they, they took her to Mesopotamia far, far away uh, because of her crimes. And she's essentially a witch, too, at the same time, because she's made this deal with, with Set, the Egyptian god, like the, the big bad mm-hmm. in Egyptian mythology. And she's too much of a threat, so they put her out there. And 
I like how that tied in with the Knights Templar and because, you know, if you know anything there, which but see, this is where I start to, to show my hand is I know all this stuff already and the movie doesn't do a job of it does not explaining because, any of it. Because Matt, see when the movie, because actually before you get the flashback, the very first thing we see yeah. is a, a, a brief glimpse of it, like a night thing. There's like yeah. night, uh, like at, at night tombs uncovered and Jekyll yeah. shows up and, uh, and I'm like, what the hell? Why are we looking at knights in England? I don't. What's going on? Uh, and it, it does eventually tie in. You find out like the Crusaders stole one of their magic gems yep. when they were over there, you know, at some point. Uh, and that's why a lot. Because most of the because this, this is the weird thing. Until the final shot and excluding the flashbacks, yeah. none of this movie takes place in Egypt. No. None of it. No. No, because even in the beginning, they're in Iraq. Yeah, they're in Iraq. Right, I, I mean, I liked how they revealed that because they say the the yeah. old name, the, the, and then it says yeah, currently known as Iraq. And yeah. I thought, okay, that's, that was a fun little thing because now we understand as a modern audience where we are. Yeah, uh, and but, that it is far from Egypt. I mean, they're still considered Middle East and whatever, but yeah, it's not Egypt. Which again, weird, but I kind of like. Like well, it, I, I was fine with that at the time because it was like I'm sure yeah. we're going to go Egypt later for some reason, but we never did. <laughs> it just yeah. the rest of the movie well, takes place in England. But yeah, and and so you know they they find this this tomb because he had stole Tom Cruise's character stole the the map from Jenny the girl and you know they go to find it and by they essentially find it by accident because you have him and Jake Johnson bickering they shouldn't be doing this and he's going along and Jake Johnson orders an airstrike and that's what opens up this tomb Jake Jake Johnson who I was enjoying and dies far too early wasted. Yeah, they've been completely wasted. wasted. And they have this thing afterwards where uh, Tom Cruise keeps seeing him in visions. Because they set up the idea that once he's cursed by the mummy, his mind's playing tricks and he sees flashbacks with her and he sees he keeps seeing Jake Johnson as a sort of zombie, if you will. Um, But I thought that was wildly misused because it it seemed to, like, why why is there a zombie Jake Johnson helping him when the rest of the things that the mummy's causing are all nightmarish? They're they're all either ties to the fact that he's the chosen one who's going to inhabit the right. you know the god of death for her or whatever and yeah Jake Johnson well, sh- they... shows up and helps and he, but he does it mostly towards the start and then he disappears for most of the movie until the third act and then he shows up again it just it felt super it felt like the writer was like oh I'll just use him when it's convenient for Tom Cruise to figure something out well it's almost like they, they didn't want to lose Jake Johnson because the, that scene in the bathroom where he's seeing him and they're going back and forth it was very American Werewolf in London, mm. and and I, I like I like those two together. So just based off of that, but again, it was God. They they kill him off too soon, well, and then he's like you said, he's not in it enough to matter. Yeah, the, the, the whole scene, the the dead friend thing, isn't doesn't happen enough to feel like it's a full part of the movie. And when it exactly. does, it's nowhere near as fun as when he was alive. Because Jake Johnson, yeah. he's, he's not as funny as the zombie. He's just kind of given like normal advice. Yeah. And then here's, here's the thing about this this movie: death means absolutely nothing. Because yeah. not only does Tom Cruise, I mean, okay, the plot's supposed to start where he gets cursed, and because he's cursed, he survives the plane crash, right? Yeah. And that's why he's okay. Jake Johnson dies early on. He yeah. is in his head, fine, okay. End of the movie, the, the 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 epilogue scene where Tom Cruise is riding in the desert towards the pyramids in Egypt. You know the one scene in the movie that takes place in Egypt, and Jake Johnson's mm-hmm. just there. And Jake Johnson just looks over and goes, "Oh yeah, thanks for bringing me back to life." 
Yeah. That easy. Because obviously, they set up the idea that because he is now this curse that he's got the, the magic in him, yeah. he, he brings so, back so. he brings back Lady Lead, the female lead to the movie. He brings her back to life. Because they have that sad moment where she's like lying all in the pool and he's all sad because she's yeah. dead and I don't care about either of these characters, so I don't give a shit. I got shades of Batman versus Superman and it made me angry. Oh, dear. I get shades of Alex Kurtzman. That's what I get shades of. <laughs> it's it's not <laughs> magic blood in this one. It's just, oh no, he's got, he's, it's just magic in his body. So he brings so, her back. What gets me here is, so... The whole Amonet's whole scheme is to bring Set to life, and uh, Jekyll explains that Set is the original evil, right? He has many names: Satan. It's you know whatever the dark in whatever mythology, that's what it is. And that she's gonna bring that vessel, and they interrupted it when they made her the mummy. So now she's been trying, you know, she's gonna try with Tom Cruise because he unleashed her, you know, from from her prison, and. So he gets, you know, to save Jenny, he stabs, gets stabbed with the dagger, which that's the whole MacGuffin in the movie. Yeah. And yet we're supposed to believe because there's good inside him, that's what's keeping Set at bay. But never at any point did I get he's that good of a person. No. Like, he saves her during the plane crash, but they completely undermine that for a laugh where he goes, I thought there was another parachute. Because she's like, oh, yeah. you gave me the only parachute. Oh, I thought there was another one. What I laughed, but I didn't. I was the only one in the theater laughing. See, here's, you know? here's the thing, though. Like, so at the end of the movie, like, it, is there's that moment where he sort of he has these like quick montage of flashbacks where people mm-hmm. are talking, and the movie pretends that he's had an arc where he's realised he's a good man and it has yeah. to be good to overcome this. And I didn't get that through any of the Me movie. Neither. Me neither. It was just all of a sudden, yeah, he's got this arc where he's learned he's a good guy. He's not an asshole. It's like, yeah, when, yeah. I almost would have liked that. I wish they would have done a spin where, it, yeah, sets there, but sets like he can only let you, you know, only can act evil if you let it. So now he has to actively keep it in check and not be a jerk, you know. And so it's not the good inside him; it's you know the evil or the bad inside him that that emboldens set. And yeah, this is what they did that he's actually a good man. I didn't, I didn't buy it. It's not Tony Stark, you know laying on the barbed wire at the end of Avengers, you know? Mm. It's just, they're telling you it, and I, it's my main problem there. Because I enjoyed what got us there. I enjoyed him being cursed and constantly, you know, trying to get away from it and basically run away from it, because that's all he knows how to do, instead of taking it head on. And every time he tries to run away, he ends up back around the mummy because he's, like, compelled to, to go to her and I well, like that aspect uh, well, of it they did that once early on in the movie where mm-hmm. he's you know he drives away in the ambulance and they, they end up driving right back up to her right without realising that he's turned around and, yeah. and that's an okay idea but it's right after that that the, 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 the government or not the government you know what I mean the, what yeah. are called Prodigium Prodigium. The Prodigium. Yeah. They show up, and that's when we go to Russell Crowe's Jekyll, and right. we, we get that big dump of the... And that's when the mummy gets completely neutered, because I thought that, that vision he has, when, when she first wakes up, and she's like in the darkness and the shadows, and she's coming after the, yep. the, the, the security guards or the cops or whatever that she's sucking the life yep. out of, and she's becoming more human every time she sucks the life out of someone, um, but she still has the bandages on, so she still feels kind of mummy-like. Mm-hmm. And that that vision Tom Cruise has at one point in the alley with the rats, where she's like coming yeah. and she's sort of like sort of staggering down the alleyway. Yeah. I thought that looked pretty cool. That was kind of like a proper horror esque mm-hmm. moment, um, and that was fine. But it's right after I, I think that confrontation because they go to this the near where the plane landed because they're looking for the uh, the dagger, yeah, the Abbey. Yeah, 
they, they go to the, go to there and that kind of neutered the mummy end of itself because they kind of just hit her and run away. Um, also, that was where one of the biggest like attempts at a laugh track or a laugh moment yeah. was uh, there because there's a moment where uh, you know female lead walks in uh-huh. and she sees the mummy on top of Tom Cruise and she's about to stab him yeah. and it cuts to her and it's this you know all the other noise goes away so it's that it's that pause moment in the tra- you know in the comedy trailer where all the music goes away and it's just yeah, supposed it's to be like, funny it's a record scratch yeah yeah and she's just sort of staring going oh, oh, and she's sort of squealing a little yeah. bit and I'm like this is not funny everything in the last 10 minutes has not like the movie's yeah. not set me up to expect humour injected this way and it just felt really awkward and not yeah. funny um, it was like oh you're expecting me to laugh and it's not but anyway, after this, after this whole bit with the ambulance and the stuff at the Abbey, the, this is where we go to the Jekyll's place, and so that feels shoehorned in. But here's here's my even bigger problem with Jekyll, right? So Tom Cruise is into his office, and within thirty seconds, within thir- I shit you not, he starts to turn into Hyde and has to take an injection to put it away. And I'm like, do you have no self control? Build to this. Tease it, seed it out, yeah. but instead it's just injection. Up, oh, his eyes started to turn, but he went back, and then of course it's you know a few scenes later. Once the everything starts going down in this place, he does properly turn into Hyde, and Tom Cruise has to like sort of fight Hyde, and then he has to inject him to put him back to Jekyll. I'm right. like, there was no build to this. You just did it. You you had this in your movie, and you just threw it out there like it was nothing. There was no. I was like, save this, save this for when maybe the mummy's coming for him, and maybe Hyde can fight the mummy. Maybe that would have been fun. Yeah. Uh, that's where I thought it was going because I thought that's why they teased it so early, and the mm. mummy was going to get loose because we know that she can compel people, you know, uh, because she she'll attack him with one of her creatures. You know, that's how she got Jake Johnson, and then we see the, the like cockroach, I guess, crawl into the dude's mm. ear. And I, I he just, lets her free. I just build um, it. They do nothing. They just throw it out there like it's nothing. And I'm like, build it. Keep it building so that you know by the time we get to a movie where we need we need a monster to fight a monster, and it's like, yeah. and then maybe he makes the choice to turn into Hyde or something. I don't know. It just it felt like the yeah. I just it felt like such a wasted concept. Such a wasted. Yeah. Moment. Well, I wouldn't fight because that means he's been around forever. If he's Doctor Jekyll, because this is set in modern day. Mm-hmm. And so I would have liked because if, if you're familiar with that story at all, Hyde starts taking over him, and he needs the serum to maintain Jekyll. Yeah. So I would have liked if they would have established that, like he's always Hyde, but he injects to be Jekyll, not just to keep it at bay. And I, you know, that would have made that choice, like you were just talking about. You got to be a monster to fight the monster. Hmm. You know. It would have made it land, and I think saved that scene a little bit more. I, I just I couldn't believe see, see that first scene when he immediately needs to pull out the injector to uh, like yeah. solve it. I, I couldn't believe they were throwing in teases to this, or not even a tease. Like just, I just a blatant. Here it is. He needs this already. Yeah. It just it felt like nothing was done with it. It was a real real shame. It, yeah, yeah, and and of course yeah, that whole part of the movie kind of just. Uh, just sinks all the it sinks all the pacing out of the movie like the, the momentum's completely gone uh the mummy's kind of diluted because she's just in like a, a cell trapped which you know we've not seen another movie recently a blockbuster where the the main villain's trapped in the cell for yeah. like in the middle of the movie yeah but at least she didn't allow herself to get captured like like we'd seen in all that, of those. no that is true that is one you know? small difference <laughs> i i like how they used the mercury to that that kept her at bay um for whatever reason, the Egyptians had access to Mercury, mm. and, it, and it kept it, it added to a cool, you know, some cool visuals and whatnot. Although you reminded me of the Magic Blood, and when 
she gets out of her restraints and it's kind of vomiting up all the mercury. I was like, oh, this is kind of like magic blood a little bit. Now, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, as always with an Archie and Kurtzman, and I, I know Kurtzman just directed this, uh, but it, it definitely feels like, oh, someone dies, but they magically get brought back. Like, that seems to be like a running thing that he always does, and it's, it's in this too. Um, they do the whole wall of sand with the face in it, although it's not really yeah. sand in this case. It's more debris from all the the uh, like the buildings that she's like kind of yeah. shattering all the glass. Oh, I liked I liked that it was a little bit different. But again, what is with the mummies and turning into walls of stuff? Yeah, I, I, in Mummy Returns, we have the the wave instead of the sand. Yeah, I, I uh, really don't think they should. I mean, it's, it looked okay. Don't get me wrong, but I really again, I think they should have tried to separate themselves from that old movie and should should have not done like a specific set piece from that. Yeah, well, I or just have, bring a sandstorm. Like, why is there a sandstorm in London? You have magic. You can hide behind that, you know? Mm. Like, you know, she's just, she's establishing she's rageful because she's been captured and it established her as a big, big, huge bad. But then we end up in, in the crypt of the, the, that we saw from the beginning. Yeah, the knights, uh, yeah. The, because of the ruby and, and whatnot, which I, I felt that she found the knife too quick. And I know they try to explain it storyline where she, that's where she compelled the, the plane to crash with all the birds and whatnot. But like, she just knows where the dagger is. Like mm. I felt that the mummy was too overpowered, you know. Like, well, that's the thing. I, 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 I th- at times, yeah, but I think she was also too underpowered. At other times, I, I think earlier on yeah. in the movie when they're in the Abbey, I think they got away from her far too easy. They just kind of hit her yeah. and ran away. And yeah. I, I, I think it's again, it's this this rubber band storytelling where the villain is only weaker that's, as powerful as is convenient for the scene that they want to that's tell. Perfect rubber band storytelling is perfect. That's that's what it felt like, and yeah. again, and I I really can't stress enough that at the end of the movie, when Tom Cruise is supposed to be upset that the the again generic female lead is dead, mm-hmm. that I'm supposed to care, and the music swells up, and then he brings her back, and I'm again I'm supposed to care. And he does that thing where he sort of like, he's in the shadows, and she's like, oh, mm-hmm. can can I not see? She's like, no, I'm a monster now. I must go. And then she goes and back. Still looks like Tom Cruise. I know. She goes back and talks yeah. to uh, Jekyll and he's like, oh, I mean, he, maybe he could be an ally. Maybe not. We'll have to see if he can control it. But we know that a monster, sometimes it takes a monster to fight a monster. And it cuts to Egypt and he's with Jake Johnson uh-huh. again, who is like, I'm glad you brought me back to life. What are we doing here, buddy? Yeah. And then they ride off towards the, the pyramids and that's, that's right. the end of the movie. Which obviously sets up that Obviously, Tom Cruise is going to be back in some capacity. Yeah. I guess Jake Johnson is going to be back since he's back to life. Which I wanted. He's that's my biggest thing with the movie. He, they, you completely waste that character who becomes beloved to the audience because he is the he is calling out the stupid things. You know, the why are we doing this? I do. Th- and, I do think beloved's a bit strong, but I see what, you, well, see what you mean. He was to me, but I already like Jake Johnson <laughs> in a lot of things. So, um, yeah. It, that whole scene with him in the darkness and no, oh, he can't see me. Although how they defeated the mummy and she, she withers back into like that. You, you kind of see in museums, that kind of fetal position. Hmm. of a mummy. I thought that was pretty cool. Despite all this problem, they still had a good time. Like I'm not upset that I went and saw it. I am. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly we have different standards. Pete. Uh, uh, oh God. I, it's, I, I, it's just it's a nice throwaway action. Like I also went and saw Baywatch. All right, nice. and <laughs> Baywatch was terrible. Like, and I was stoked to see it, and I tried to defend it before I'd seen it. 
and it nothing landed. At least here with the Mummy, I left going, well, that was a fun watch. Like if it's on HBO in the future, I'm gonna rewatch it. I'm not gonna go out and buy it. You know, um, I would not use the word fun at all. I would. This was tedious. I was kind of bored throughout a lot of it because I didn't care about anything that was going on. I wasn't invested. Uh, the entire third act, I was just kind of waiting for it to finish. You know, I was looking at the time, like, right, hurry up, get it over mm-hmm. with, because I want to go home. That was kind of my feeling uh, watching this. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think it's complete and utter garbage. Yeah. Like, I've definitely seen worse, of course. However. It is at best mediocre and at times bad. So, um, but if you like that type of stuff, if you like kind of bad, then yeah, like it's not bad enough though. It's, it's not bad enough to be fun bad though. I I don't mean so so bad. It's good. I mean like you know what you're getting into. It's kind of like the Fast and Furious movies on a on a lower scale. You know what you're getting into before you go. So if you're the type of person that's like, ugh. Cars driving through buildings. Brr. Don't go see that movie. No, but here's the thing. Here's the difference, though, right? Now, I, I hate the first Fast and the Furious movie, right? You, yeah. we, we know my opinion on that. I think it's I think it's terrible. It's a terrible Point Break knockoff, and I don't even like Point Break that much, right? <laughs> but the the later movies, right? The the five mm-hmm. onwards movie. I've not actually seen five actually, but I've seen six, seven, eight, right? So I was the I've, best one, man. I was uh, the best one. So I've got I've got a basis here. The thing about those movies, though, the thing about the five onwards and the Fast and the Furious movies is that yeah, they're stupid, they're silly but they know exactly what they are. And that's my problem with this movie. It does not know what yeah. it is. It's trying to do multiple things. It, it thinks it's kind of a horror movie. It thinks it's kind of an action movie. It thinks it's a Marvel shared universe movie. <laughs> it, it, it's, yeah. it thinks it's a Tom Cruise movie. It Wearing is, too many hats. It's all over the place. It, 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 legit, it feels like one of those movies where a board of executives in a room sat and said, let's have it tick this box, and then have it tick this box. Instead of just having like a writer and director or whoever, like some creative minds at the centre of it who went, I want to make this because this is a good idea. Or, I'm passionate about this because of this. It feels like a shut-out Hollywood product. Yeah, I won't disagree. <laughs> good. I won't disagree. <laughs> good. <laughs> <laughs> so... That was pretty damning, actually. I went on a proper rant there. Um, you did. So, no, uh, that's the mummy. I guess we'll get to some ratings. We actually forgot to rate Wonder Woman last week, Matt. I don't know if you noticed. Oh, no. We forgot to ratings. For, so, for the record, Wonder Woman, I, I give a, a, a solid, solid 8, maybe an 8.5. Uh, I, I, think, I think probably an 8, though, because the, the final fight's a bit shit, but 8. Just, yeah. just, just for the record. For me, Wonder Woman's an 8.5. That's fair, yes. that's fair. Yeah. Uh, liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, but The Mummy, on the other hand, Matt, what would you give The Mummy out of 10? I'm, I'm giving The Mummy a 6, because I still enjoyed it. I didn't hate it as much as you did. Oh, and um, I'm recommending it to my to my comic book friends, like the guys at the shop who we get together every week and play games. If they ask to see it, I'm like, yeah, go, go on discount day, have fun. Shut off your brain for a little bit. So, 6. <sighs> no. No. Uh oh. Uh oh. Pete's going anytime he goes, no, 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 no. It's at least a three. Or at most a three, not at least. So, nah, does he even surprise me? Uh, no, honestly, I, I think you're right. I think three, three out of tens. Well, oh, there you this. go. I, 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 think, I think he's in that. I, 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 I think there's small moments where it may be hitting towards a five, but typically it's really bad and. You know, I've sat here and spoke for the last 40 plus minutes of how bad it is, so no, 3 out of 10. There you go. Uh, Not 3.5, you're going 3. Nope, straight 3. Oh man, see, I was right. I I, See, I've done this long enough with them to know 
the hymns and haws before, I can get a good read on, on what it's going to be. This might be our biggest difference in a, in a good long while. It's been, yeah, it's been a while. Now, admittedly, we, we did, like, you refused to watch Neon Demon. Had we both, both watched Neon Demon, uh, that would have been a very disagreeing review in the other yeah. direction. Which, it, it's movies like Neon Demon, why I haven't done a Connor's Corner, for, for those of you who do a comic <laughs> book podcast. And Connor opened him up to Patreon to, you could pay X amount of money to make him read a certain series, What your choice. I I know people and people know me enough. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Well, see, so, I, I know if I did something like that with movies, uh, someone would make me watch a musical, which is why why we've not done it. I'm not necessarily saying I would never do it, but I'll tell yeah. you this, the price on that Patreon tier would be is, goddamn high. Yeah. Well, <laughs> which, you, which you did a... You used to do this thing where we would submit movies to you and you would watch them and rate them and whatever one you liked the most would get some kind of geek credit or whatever and um knowing this i submitted sweeney todd knowing you were gonna have to watch a musical and it fell through so i'm a little bit sad yeah that, that one never happened the, the real reason for that because this was a thing i did last year where everyone in the yeah. facebook group submitted the movie and I, I watched well not everyone but like i think 15 i put a limit on it it was like the first, you, first you did 10 this time because i had to make sure yeah. i got in under um, the wire but and I ranked him. The idea was is whoever gave me a movie that I liked the most uh, got, a, got a small prize uh, kind of thing. Yeah. And we were going to do it again this year and I ended up dropping out. Not because of the movies picked, even though I'm kind of glad yeah. in hindsight. Uh, it was more, more just a time thing because we do so much stuff in the channel and I just didn't have time yeah. to watch 10, 15 extra movies just in the space of a month. But, um, no, so... I remember conferring with Connor about what I gave you and... I imagine him cackling like a madman. It, it was strategically it, picked because you picked a Tim Burton movie and a musical. It was like everything I don't like. It rolled exactly. into one. It was it was quite quite a magical pick, uh, but I've still not seen it, and that's fine. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. And see, and I don't want to open myself up to that to people <laughs> knowing what I don't like. And you know, here's a David Lynch movie. Go enjoy. You know, I wouldn't pick. So, I, I know exactly what I would pick to give you. I know what you would pick. I've got a certain three-hour Hungarian movie in my head that oh no that I love. I it's a genuinely fantastic film. But Although, I, you know what? I think the last movie we split on was The Lobster, and I, that's not Hungarian. Right. Yeah. But you know, oh yeah, it's not. It's not. It's British. But, it's not Hungarian, yeah. but it reminded me. You know. Yeah. So, but anyways, the Mummy six three. I mean, I don't think you've ever halved my score before, so that's a first. But, I, yeah. I guess that's an average of four point five. Yeah, which I think is fair. I yeah, think that's fair. If we're doing a Rotten Tomatoes t- style thing, yeah, 4.5 is our average. So that's the, the, the 121 score. Alright, uh, yeah, so by all means, let us know what you think of the movie if you were unfortunate enough to see it in the comments below. Uh, <laughs> if, if you agree with Matt, don't comment, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> if you agree with me, let me know, please, because again, I, I understand, you know, when, when Pete told me what, what how he felt about it, uh, you know, I went in a little bit with the walls up, but I still enjoyed myself, and I, I I know it's bad. I'm not saying it's good. Like I give it a six. So. The fact is, Matt, sometimes you get very uh, you, you get very rebellious against critical I scores. Do. Like the, the you know the Rotten Tomatoes score come out, and the funny thing is, is most of the time it kind of it kind of is a pie in your face because the scores for Baywatch come out, and you're like, oh, no, I still want to see it. It still looks like fun, and then you come back from seeing it and you go. Oh, that didn't work. I, yeah, I'm, you know I'm the job of this uh, show. 
Yeah, yeah, I made a huge mistake. Yeah, or, and it happens. I, it happens the opposite way as well because we were all saying to you, "No, Matt, Mad Max Fury Road is going to be fantastic." Like, oh, I don't want to see it, but I'll just go. You're, you're making me. Oh, Peter's making me see Mad Max, and then yeah. he came back, and you're like, "Peter, thank you. I will name my I, firstborn after you because that was I, a religious experience." <laughs> those weren't quite my words. I was, I was in the ballpark. Name my kid after Skinner, <laughs> not that me, but but yeah. Uh, speaking of that, uh, the new Charlize Theron movie. The, the mm. what is that Atomic Blonde? My wife had the same response I did to that. She goes, "Oh, what a bad trailer!" That I had to Mad Max. Oh yeah. Now I'm trying to make her go see it. So you know, I, I like the trailer uh, actually. Mm-hmm. That, but I'm I'm curious if if it'll uh, pan out. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, let us know you like the movie in the comments. Uh, like, subscribe, all that stuff helps us out. Of course, we mentioned Patreon once or twice there. You can go over to patreoncom TV, Check out some of the bonuses, uh, some possible extra movie content and stuff like that. Uh, and see if you want to support us. Uh, otherwise, guys, get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. But that is us. So thank you very much for watching. We will see you next time.